How's it going? Welcome back. I know. Is it still I know. It's been, it seems like it's been a while. It feels Four like days. It's been a long time. Well, when last did we record? Did we record this week? I want to, yeah, I think so. I want to say. Oh, Monday. 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 It was after our love letters, which we did on the weekend. Yeah. How are you feeling, by the way, after that? Um, Good. You know, I think. um, Let me think through that. I mean, I think it was such a good exercise. Um, I think it's one of those things that. I will continuously read as a reminder. And there were things I wrote in there um that okay so i'll use it as a reminder really because there are things that wrote in there that i think i should be doing more often you just forget okay um i you know for instance like i guess what i'm talking about it's not like i said that letter was really interesting because i kind of wrote it from my father but just this idea of you know one of the things that I missed the most and really missed the first couple of years because I just wasn't used to it not being there was asking for advice or asking questions, really advice, asking for advice. So I stopped for obvious reasons because he's no longer here. Right. But it doesn't mean I can't speak to him and ask for advice, right? Right. It's interesting because like the way I, I started to visualize it which was really interesting is like ai okay tell me more explain you have enough data ai can start making decisions for you right like or it can give you it can give you information let's just say that information or generate a response based on yeah yeah based on positive outcomes from yeah so i have 28 and a half years of data and it's like if I ask, I think I know what the answer would be. I love that, Mike. So, yeah, it was cool. Beautiful. That's huge. Yeah. So that's I- like it's instantly where I went. I'm like, well, I can, you know, like, like I know, like if I could ask the question, I can ask for advice and then I can get the answer. Not exactly what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. But not how I, think- I want it. Yeah, the answer I think he would actually give. Yeah. And that'd probably be pretty spot on. That's pretty freaking cool. I have to tell you, that's insane. That's like accessing that wisdom and knowledge and knowing that it's in you as well. And it's one of those things where like, I mean, so so simple, so simple, but I haven't done it. And <laughs> it's like doing that exercise where it's like, wow, you know, yeah, obviously I really missed this. And it doesn't mean I have to completely stop. So that's beautiful. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so I mean, it's the, the whole love letter thing and the letters and how things came about and like how everything just kind of synchronistically was like all focused on the same stuff. And I just realized that I had on my other sobriety podcast or YouTube thing, I had posted my letters to my kids, to my boys. Mm-hmm as yeah, well yeah. and I didn't even realize that it all kind of was like at the same time like it literally was not intentional yeah that's really interesting well then like the love letters thing that you went through that yes. just like that workshop happened to be I'm pretty sure we already had this scheduled we had this schedule this was scheduled yeah yeah Isn't that oh, crazy phenomenal phenomenal okay so the next day we moved on to core values and beliefs, right? Beliefs. Sorry, core beliefs. Yeah. Which is interesting How- because it ended up being like, because it was hard. Okay. It was hard to just say, here are the things I believe in. It ended up being like these phrases of. Okay. Well, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like. Yeah, I guess like little phrases you live by, think about. Yes. And okay, we. I guess are your beliefs, but like I I get so wrapped around a word, and then I start questioning like, what do I believe in? You know, and it's like, well, I don't know that that's 
let's just write some things that you know you try to live by not values but just like these little phrases you think about and try to live by right and that's okay, wait, wait, wait. Listed out. You, were yours positive did you go into the positive space or did you go into the negative one um let me see i think uh they were all like pretty positive i guess mine were all negative yeah i would almost say mine were neutral uh, for instance like you know Can you one share of the things one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I could share them all. They're not, I mean, nothing is, I wrote, and I wrote a little bit of like, all right, what, like, what did I mean by this? So like one of them I, I always, you know, that I tend to think quite often about is like, like, don't, don't, um, like this goal of happiness, like don't live for happiness. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't set everything in this like one bucket of, you know, how many times do we hear, like, I just want to be happy. And I think that's a failed goal because you'll never yeah. always be happy. So um, focusing more on being resilient. Uh, but, but, but with this idea that being resilient is having the right tools to cope because you're going to have these, you know, cope and deal with things because you're going to have all these different... Uh, I mean, life's going to throw shit at you all the time. You're never going to be able to avoid that. So you can't be happy 100% of the time. But you also can't just like be resilient by by brushing everything underneath the rug, right? Because then that, that, like burying things is just going to, you know, it, it's going to come out at, at some point, right? So it's developing, like I believe that you need to develop the right tools in life to be resilient. And then you can thoroughly enjoy happiness when it comes. I love that. But okay, so what were your core beliefs? I don't know. I mean, what, are, what do you mean by that? Like, that's what I don't, like, oh, so my, okay, my so... hardest point with, like, your core beliefs are, like, what does that mean? Like, like what I, like, what I believe okay. in Okay, so here's the thing. So we all operate according to our own operating systems, right? It's like, mac os whatever like yeah. there's this core operating system that our computers ourselves operate according to and it's through learned behaves behaviors beliefs uh things that we're what saying are beliefs? Yeah. Give, me, give me an example of a belief okay so my core beliefs that i operate according to and how i show up in the world are based on three core beliefs right that were instilled in me when i was a little kid and it is i'm not good enough this is how they show up. These are various versions of them. I'm oh, not good enough. I'm yeah. no one's first choice. There's never enough, and I will always come last. I'm not deserving of success, abundance, luxury, passion, and greatness. I'm only worthy of a supporting role, right? All of those actually just come down to this one belief of I am not good enough. Who I am as a person and sits in deep shame is not good enough. It will never be good enough. No matter what I do, no matter how, how I act, who I am at my core is not good enough. And so I invite people and places and experiences into my life to constantly reinforce that to me. I became a drug addict and an alcoholic. It was constantly reinforcing. I'm not good enough. I get into these abusive relationships, not recently. I'm not good enough. Recently, I get into these relationships, well, not really relationships, situationships where it's actually all based on like physical stuff because I believe that at my core, I'm not good enough and not deserving of having this like loving, fulfilled relationship that I truly want. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But I don't think, I don't know that my beliefs are, are super negative. The, the one that would match that quite a bit is I don't think like, this common belief of I'm not doing enough. And that's okay. so that's also not I'm I'm not enough. Yeah, not doing enough, not enough. But at the same time, like um I when I think about what I have, I believe I deserve everything I have. Yeah, totally. There's no like I don't deserve to be where I am whether that be good or bad, like I know I, I've put in the work to either um, 
achieved the things that I've achieved. Like I'm, I know I did what I needed to do. I don't, there's like, when it comes to imposter syndrome, what we'll talk about later, like, I don't feel like I lucked my way into getting where I am by any means. Like I know what I did to get here. And then for all the things that I've done wrong and my shortcomings, like, yep, I know what I did to get there too. You know, like I have full ownership in how I got where I am today. The common belief I have though, is though I know how I got here and I feel like I've earned it, I feel like I'm still not doing enough. There's more, there's always more that I have to do. To be worthy. Yeah, worthy, some level of like, you know, validation and expectations. I think it's pretty funny because I was thinking, I know I'm jumping around, just kind of going into the next day with imposter syndrome's really jarred this memory. There's something about expectations. I don't know whose expectations I'm living by. Maybe societies, maybe, I don't know, you know, father stuff. I mean, who the hell knows, right? But I remember being like a 17-year-old kid going through a job interview in the mall at this clothing store. And the manager said, like, if you can explain your life with the title of a book, wow, what, what would it be? And without even thinking, I was like, great expectations. And how cool that? Huh? That's so cool. Okay, sorry, go on. No, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I feel like I'm, you know, constantly living up to somebody else's expectations. I don't even know what mine are, you know, like what, and then it made me think about this. I know once again, jumping around, but these are these things that come out of these exercises is that I've, there's this like repetitive theme and everything I've talked about over the last few episodes and yeah. stability, yet I can't define that for you. I love that. I honestly so love like, what, like living up, like trying to reach some level of expectation and then trying to reach this goal of stability, yet there's no definition of what any of those is. So it's like this, there's, you can't win. You'll never get there. You can't, if there's no end point, if you can't define an end point, then it's like a losing battle. You know what I mean? Like I will always be fighting for something that I don't know what it is. And, if you, and and you won't know if you ever achieve it either because you well, and that's the thing know. I was thinking about I'm like well, what if I define this and let's say financially what if I define it financially and I say all right so you know I've got such and such amount going into certain investments and that kind of stuff and this is how much I'd want in the bank and this is how much of this I'd want paid off and and I set and I set these like financial goals and then I really looked at where I am what's coming in all that stuff and I kind of planned it out and budgeted it out and found out that, hey, you know what? If I act this way, I'm about two years away from being what I would consider stable. Well, that's cool. Like that's, a, that's something I can wrap my head around and say, well, I'm only two years away. Like, awesome. But without actually taking the time to do that and define what financial stability is, I'll never get there. And it's funny because I've been talking about it for years. Like, I don't know. I've talked about being like financially stable for a very long time, but never have I thought, okay, well, you need to find that. And it's so stupid because anybody would tell you to do that, but you get trapped in these stupid though. I don't think it is and stuff. And and mm-hmm. you just you forget that, you know. It's amazing. You have to, yeah, you have to define this stuff and like you know, use it as some type of metric to measure yourself against show progress and then here's the thing excuse me let's say you do that and then this year i'm such and such percentage closer to being what i would consider financially stable well as long as it's improved from the year before like you know that's a success in itself you know and then it's those types of things that can really change your mindset and yeah you know what your direction is in life then you gotta think like who are you living for when it comes to expectations, like, what are my expectations? Like, who am I living for? Like, why am I, why do I care about other people's expectations? Like, I need to take this stuff that we've went through over the last 11 days and say, like, well, here's, here's what I'm living for. Like, this, these are the things that I want to achieve. Values. I got to go back to these belief things. I completely messed that up. But, yeah, I mean, I think 
what's my point here? I guess my point is I've learned a lot in these 11 days that can actually create a better, more measurable direction in where I want to go. And that is what puts you in, I don't want, like to use the word control, but like in control of your destiny. You know, when they say, you know, it's it's like literally not just having life happen to you, but like having life happen for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you your path in a clear way and the, um, and you're putting in the effort to, to work towards something, even when you have to let go of the result. But at least yeah. you have a clear path forward. Yeah. You know what my belief is, and, and, and sorry, because I really thought about what I said and like something that was instilled in me from a very young age from my, my dad was like, you get what you put in. And you don't ever and think you put in enough. I don't think I put it well, and that's the thing. Like I understand when I have, and I and I'm very comfortable saying whether it's good or bad, I earned it. Right. So the things that I did wrong in life, like I earned the shit I got out of life, you know. And the things that have gone well, which there are plenty of things, a lot of things that have gone well too. Like, no, I know I put in the work to get those things. It just happened. And then there's yes, but I want more. There's always this need for more. More work. Huh? Is that a bad thing? It can be. Like, even with, like, you know, you we, we get into an imposter syndrome. Yeah, we can. And, and I think that's the common um, voice that pops up. Uh, probably mostly in career but in other parts of life it's just like you're not doing enough to you know hold your position advance all those different things like you got to do more you've got to do more you've got to do more you got to do more to make a name for yourself you got to do more to get on the radar you got to do more to and i don't know that i do you don't know that you do what enough to do more Oh, that you have to do more. Because yeah. if you have, if we think about, if you really think about it and, and take the time to think about like, okay, what, you know, think it career-wise, what have you accomplished in your career, in your job? What are the things that you've been able to do? Um, I'm being very general here because I don't need to talk specifically about my career and those things. But I do feel like a lot has been accomplished. And it's like, well, I can hang my hat on the things that I've been able to do, you know, since I've been at, my, at this company. And though I always feel like I need to do more, you know, and you might, but you have to figure out, like, you have to really determine why, just for the sake of it. So, so somebody will notice me. So, you know, I can move up into a position that may not even be there. I don't think that's the right reasons. So what are the right reasons? To do more? Well, I think when it comes to, find, at least in, in, in where I'm at, like I want to do more when I feel like I'm doing something that is meaningful, when I feel like I'm doing something that is making a difference. That's my motivation to do more. You know what I mean? And yeah. and And that happens a lot within work as well but that needs to be that I, when that's the goal to do more there's no problem doing more like i have no no issues with doing it i'll work as much as i need to but when it's like so there's some validation given to me from somebody else like that's when it gets frustrating I mean, that's what a work environment really is, though, because like we all have to report to somebody who we are looking for validation to tell us that we are doing the right stuff, right? Yeah, but what if you don't get it? Is it just you just keep doing it? You just keep taking on as much as you can? No, not at all. No, absolutely not, right? No, God, no, not at all. I think that's the decision to be made. It's like, all right, well. Maybe you don't need their validation. Maybe you just need to do your work and do a good job. You know, do what is really expected of you and, and do that well. And then 
what happens though when you feel frustrated with it and you're not reaching those goals that you do want to reach what do you do then i don't know i think those are decisions right like it's conversations instead of just take i mean there's something i think that goes a long way in saying all right well here's what i want here's what i need you know you just like we talked about values in life maybe there's that in your career and you can have this conversation with whoever you're reporting to i think that's more effective than just blindly taking on extra work hoping that you show up in the eyes of somebody that's higher up in the company yeah and listen i think there's a point where you can you can say hey this is this is what i want out of my career and here's what i value out of my career and here's why and if those opportunities are there and something can be laid out in front of you for you in order for you to achieve it, then great. You have a decision to be made. And if not, you also have a decision to be made. Yeah. Like I'm the queen of just flipping the fuck it switch. So well, me too. I mean, I think that happens quite a bit in all aspects of my life when it's like, yeah, things get hard, not hard because Challenges like that aren't a big deal, but it's when like oh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, because there's a lot of there are points in my life when I just said nope and I just self-destruct. I just blew it all up. Yeah, blew it up. I, mean, I even wrote about it in the imposter syndrome day, where you know, um, I remember even back in sports. You know, I played football my entire life entire life worked hard like worked super hard as a sophomore to play on varsity and then American football or soccer American football and then <clears throat> played varsity a junior year and then got the senior year and and uh you know there's always a constant comparison and all this stuff and the need to do more and all these things and I got the senior year it was like the very end it was that point right but like it's like the very end like you're so close and i said nope i'm not gonna play this year i decided Why not to play i don't know i don't know i didn't play and instead of playing football i decided to pick up or i already had these bad behaviors but really put some effort into some bad behaviors that i had and just blew everything out of the water so interesting i don't know were you scared of being successful Maybe, I don't know. I got to really think through that one. That's a hard one for me to just say on the spot. I mean, I've been thinking about it for days and I still haven't come up with anything that's really concrete. Yeah, interesting. But I've done it, you know, I did it in the military. You know, when I was in the military, I was in this training and, you know, top of the class, just crushing it. Having the time of my life. Yeah. Really was. Like, I can't think of like a better time in like my teens and 20s than being in this particular place and then one day I just was like nah and just ended it okay can I ask you something mm. okay so there's this theme in your life right that you seem to step away from stuff just just as you're about to be really successful yeah I almost did it recently yeah totally and so <laughs> maybe, maybe I think I saved this one though Okay, good. That's amazing. That's good to hear. Um, so maybe that's that's feeding your core belief of not being enough. Yeah, maybe there's some fear in actually like proving myself wrong. Like I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't. I said maybe there's some fear in proving myself wrong, like subconsciously. I don't know, but there's this thing where like you get to this point where like. Or yes, or when you, you get to a point where you, you pass that threshold and, you know, you're at this other level, which requires more. And maybe you're like, no, more commitment, more intimacy, more yeah. showing yourself, more authenticity. Okay, maybe I got to think through it because it is something I was really thinking about over the last few days. And that's typically when I find something like this, you know, I. I will spend a very long time trying to think through it and figure it out. Um, which is why I really haven't gone past um, imposter syndrome. Like I've been sitting with this and I wrote a lot. 
I mean, I did. Um, but I've been sitting with it for days. Which is interesting because I do think with this 21-day challenge, it's a lot to get through in 21 days, which isn't a bad thing. But there may be days where you spend some time on that day and realize, I need to sit with this day a little bit longer and think about what I wrote, you know, and why and all those things. And I think it helps you in the following days, um, which is cool. I mean, you can bust through this thing in 21 days or you can take a little longer. Right. Oh, it's great. I think it's a great freaking challenge. Honestly, it's, um, it's been, it's been wonderful. All right. Well, tell me some of your things. All right. So that's your belief. I completely oh. messed that up. You know, like I, my thing was like, I just kind of wrote these things like, well, that I believe in, like, I believe things will change. And I believe you should be open to lessons. And, you know, and I believe, you know, this and that. And I didn't realize it was like, what are your core beliefs about yourself? And the way you show up in the world, right? Yeah, and so maybe we need to do a better job of explaining that. And also, here's the thing: like core beliefs is something that I've taught in all my online courses that I've done over the last ten years. So it's something that I just assume everybody else knows because that's right. <laughs> my whole world, I is based on the fact that everyone thinks and behaves and feels like me. Obviously. Mm-hmm. That's how self-centered I am. You know, and I yeah. The other part of that that's really interesting that you say that, like how you show up in the world, maybe how you perceive the world is, you know, this idea of you get what you put in. Well, and and a lot of times in my life, like I've gotten very frustrated with short-term results because I felt like I deserved more. Now things tend to even out in the long run, but I feel sometimes I'll feel like, well, I put in a lot of effort, a lot of effort, and I'm don't feel like I'm getting what I deserve for it. You know, and it tends to happen over time, but sometimes it's just not as patient. But what my point to that is that frustration does tend to pop up often in, in life. And maybe it is because of this core belief where I'm like, no, I worked for this. Like I should get something for it now, you know. Um, yeah and I think these core beliefs shape so much of um, of every decision we make every belief we have and not really even understanding or knowing where it comes from until we go back to this point of like what is it at my core that I was taught when I was young by my teachers by my parents by church by society that who I am at my core my true essence and um, so for me it always is like I'm not worthy I'm not good enough I'm not deserving. I'm just not enough. Who I am is not enough. And that that's what shame is. That's the definition of shame as well. Like there is something intrinsically and fatally flawed about me. And so I can never get the success or abundance or stability or security that I so desperately crave in the, the core of my values because I'm just not good enough. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I don't have that. That's a very, that's a very that's interesting belief. Like I, I, I think through that and I'm like, no, maybe I'm a mild narcissist, but I'm like, I, I deserve it. There are things that I, I deserve. Oh, and- dude, I think I deserve everything. I just think I deserve a freaking massive yacht and a private plane and a house in, I don't even like well, I guess my- across the world. Like I feel like I deserve all of them right now. Yeah. Well, even like good enough, like I, I think, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a difference in good enough versus do enough, but I definitely, So being who you are is not good enough. You have to be doing in order to be seen and acknowledged and respected and loved and have stability and security. Hmm. Being who you are is not enough. you have to be doing because every time you say it's how much you do how much action you put in yeah yeah this is where i get hung up card you you feel maybe it's because of my core my core body language has gone all like no i'm thinking through that because i'm like okay 
being who I am isn't good enough. Sure. But you have to do things like how, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't just be, I can't work and say, well, I'm just me and you should pay me for being me. No, you pay me based off of what I do. That's how what it is. Huh? How productive you are. Yeah. How productive you are. Like, I can't, you know, and I think, okay, let's, let's go to relationships. It doesn't matter which kind could be intimate relationship, could be friends. But yes, you can be friends with me for being me. But if I don't do anything to work towards making this a strong relationship, then it's not going to be a strong relationship. Like you work on relationships. People work on relationships. People work on being thoughtful and reaching out and helping. And Yeah, but I think it's maybe like, Forced versus what comes naturally. Are you trying to change your behavior in a way to make yourself more attractive to others or to feed into their value system? Or are you still being true to yourself in the actions and the behaviors that you're putting forth? Mm, I don't know that it's that simple. The whole authentic living thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time with that one. I don't know why. <laughs> I it's mean, interesting yeah. it's very it's, interesting it's complex it's very like i don't know that it's that simple because i think you can work on showing love you can work on being a more caring person i don't I, yes there's some of that that's innate for sure but it can also be improved upon yeah obviously I'm not saying that's bad at all. No, 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 no. I was really just thinking out loud to some extent. Not saying you don't believe that. Or I'm getting hung up on is like, because part of what you're saying is right, that I define myself to some extent by doing more, like how much I do. But the part I don't agree with is like not doing anything and just being like, people should just take me from, for, for me in certain scenarios, right? Like in work, and in relationships, like there should be some work put in for those. Okay, here's the thing. It's I, I think we're not talking about just the basic effort that you put in to show up as you are and do your job because it provides you with safety, security, or in a relationship, like showing up in a relationship, um, you know, because you're passionate about it. It's when that need to do something is to try convince the other person to like you. Mm. Yeah. And you're not true to yourself because you're doing or saying something to try right. to be something. So that goes back to what I was even saying with work, right? Like doing more, not necessarily because it's helping me achieve, you know, something that I value or whatever. It's to be recognized by other people. That kind of what you're saying? Say that again. Validation, like even in like a work scenario, yeah. like this idea that I'm not doing enough and I need to do more is more out of recognition and validation versus some achievable goal, something that's measurable that I'm going after. Right. That that matches my values. Is that exactly? That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. I can see that now. Yeah. So it's just that split from like moving from the authentic self that's based in like love and acceptance and you know values and like good beliefs mm-hmm. versus that fear-based shame-based system that we were taught as kids and that have become entrenched with so many of us and that we don't recognize or see yet we repeat these destructive behaviors over and over again because it's feeding something that we know and are familiar with right it's like for me I understood what it was to be a fuck up and mess up and be a drug addict and an alcoholic. And that wasn't hard for me. What was hard for me was, and is still hard for me is to step up and to show up in Mm. a meaningful way. And to be like, I deserve to occupy, occupy this space. That is harder. That's the hard part. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I get that now because it kind of goes back to, to some extent, what I had said earlier on that I recognized throughout this 
these 11 days is that I, I hold these things that are, that are values of mine, but I have no, no way to measure like what achieving them is, right? Like for, for instance, stability. So yeah. I had a point here. Let me, let me think back through that. <laughs> There's a lot going on up there. You are literally so in your head today. Well, you know what it is? It's like, it's a lot of stuff. No, no. You try to put it all together. I think. No, no, no. It's it's a good thing. It was like, it's, you know, you got these 11 days and like, they all kind of build on each other, but you got to put it, you're, you know, you don't have to, but it definitely helps to like start putting it together where it's like, all right, so you know, I have this thing where I got to, I got to do more. I always have to do more for validation or some level of recognition. But then I have this over here, which is like, no, you should be making decisions based off of values. But then some of my values are, they're not, they're not measurable values. So something like, like stability or, well, what does that mean? Right. And okay, well, if I can, if I can, if I can put a, put a number on what stability means and i can create some type of plan to get there and then i can start making decisions based off of am i on the path to achieve stability then i don't give a shit about validity and recognition i care that i'm looking for advancement or maybe i am doing more work but there's something in return i'm getting out of that that is helping me achieve something that is of a value to me like that's the that's what was going through my head right there that's what i was kind of yeah. trying to and then that makes it i guess um less frustrating because i don't need constant recognition i just need to know that what i'm doing is working towards yeah, me achieving goal, my goals and my values, and it's it's authentic to me. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that at all in any way. Yeah. All right. See? Solve the world's problems in one podcast. Done. Done. I'm done. We're so No, good. but it's interesting because now I want to write that down. I mean, I will after this because right, like it no, helps me no, to no, get it out of my head. Huh? Well, it is recorded, but it helps me to like, even when I, you know, when I would do lectures and stuff and uh, traveling on seminar staff, like I would always have to, even though like the lectures were there, we can study them and do all this stuff. I have to write them. I have to get it out of my head and on paper. And it's that process that like, is, are you? It's such well, a great you, process. Huberman did this podcast on it. We should listen to it on exactly this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a thing, right? I mean, you know, whenever I would be in, when I was getting my master's um, in exercise physiology, they'd always be like, we're going to send you the notes because it was so fast, right? A lot of these classes were so fast. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop taking notes. I know they're like, you're not going to be able to keep up. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) You got to write it. I have to. I have to write it. Oh man, I'm exactly the same. Oh, it's like it's it's such a thing. It really is. I am, um, you know, like the being in recovery and working the 12 steps, like and I do it a lot more than others. I have for the last whatever 18 years. And I had my well, when I was married, um, I had all these journals oh, with all my 12 steps. I had about 20 copies of like step one to 12, like written out. And it the process is hardcore, right? And and through doing yeah. this, it's it's cemented that the 12 step process really is about finding your authentic, authentic self and living mm-hmm. it. So you go through everything. You go through like your strengths, your weaknesses, how you've harmed others, how to make amends. You go through every bad thing that you've done in addiction, like all the sexual stuff, like everything. And I'd written them all in journals. And my grand died and we, it was her funeral that day. And my ex-husband was late and I didn't understand like why he was late. And it turns out that he had read every single one of my journals. Oh, my goodness. And and so anyway, this moral of the story, I I mean, it was just awful. It was like what transpired after was just just a complete invasion of privacy. But I stopped writing. I stopped writing. I stopped doing the one thing that like fed my soul and allowed. Why did you stop writing? Because you like 
shame type of thing like you felt violated it felt like i didn't want to deal with that yeah 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 you know what i mean i felt because what happened then was that he used all this information against me oh god oh sorry to hear that it's terrible terrible well and he turned it in a way where he thought that everything that i had done which everything had happened previous to our relationship yeah 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 yeah. Anyway, so I stopped journaling and and it really affects, this is literally just coming back to the, the desire I have. I'm just trying to relate to you, to write things down and to get them onto paper and how important it is to me and how when that part of my life, I stopped doing it. It's like, it, it was crazy. It was just, it was awful how, how that changed so much. It all just gets stuck inside. Like it just, yeah, I mean. Interesting. Like eating way more. I started putting on so much weight. Like I was just like hmm. shoving like everything down with food, like all these uncomfortable feelings that I would normally get out, like by journaling. I was just Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was such a powerful tool. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the relationship between now that I understand what the belief exercise was. The relationship between the core beliefs and imposter syndrome are like, at least in my like from from um, my experience, like it's like it's uncanny, like how those two things are so related to each other. Okay, so yours was it's crazy. So, so I, your I, imposter syndrome is that voice all about those kind of negative core beliefs is that what you're hearing all the time and you know when I put this stuff together in the days it would just be like I'd be randomly I'd be like okay we need to do maybe imposter syndrome and I put it in and and just write on it and it was like the way that they're feeding in and on from each other is just crazy so my imposter syndrome I felt like an imposter most of my life never feeling that I belong or truly fit in anywhere I realized that this is based on my very warped and untrue core beliefs that I'm not good enough. And so everything in my life centers around that. And it blocks the goodness, the greatness, the gifts, abundance, security, and safety from coming to me because I don't believe I'm worthy of any of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it directly correlates yeah. to the negative core beliefs. So yeah. because I sit with this, I'm not good enough. Everything in my life, as I said, my relationships that I draw in, the work environments that I draw in always feeds into that so deeply but you know what the thing is until I changed this core belief nothing's going to shift or change yeah 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 and well, that's the, really interesting completely against this core belief so when I really unpack it I'm like there is no reason I should be feeling like this no, but not at all. I grew up in the Dutch Reformed Church and that told me like a very strict, very strict religious church. Um, that reinforced my beliefs of, oh, where is it? Um, you know, those just reinforced those beliefs that I need to play small. I need to stay. Um, oh, okay. So play small, don't be seen, taught by the by this religion and the church high do I am not have my own thoughts not have my own opinions and always be a good girl Hmm. and so I suppress so much of who I am because I always want to be a good girl and so I stay trying to be this good little girl who never feels like she's good enough and so I go and I look for relationships to try to find a father, a parent, mm. to make me feel stable and secure and passionate and loved. Yeah. And I don't give that to myself. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> You're always like stumped by my crazy head. No, it's, well, then it like, it just, you know. Like the examples you give really make me think through some things that I that also that I wrote. I'm like, wow, this is like okay. Well, like you connect things really well. I guess what I'm trying to say is like I'm listening to you and like, wow, she really connected that well. And then, you know, one of the things that I had in here, I was like, okay, the only thing in life that I've 
I'm not gonna say the only things. I'm sure there are others, but the thing that 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 right now comes to mind out the most that I've never quit on is school. Like I've just always done really well in school and always got through it. Like I never quit, you know. I mean, and that's a lot of doing. Granted, I got arrested one year and had to drop out of college, but outside of that, story for another day. Sorry for another day, but outside of the unexpected, like I never quit and I always finished those things. And but like so, growing up, the one thing that I was always praised for. And always felt like I was doing good enough with were my grades. They were always easy. School was always easy. In fact, I used it to my advantage. Like when I was in high school, I you know I got to the point where I didn't even have to go to senior year. I was just taking trigonometry and then I'd leave. I had one class essentially. And instead of doing anything good with my life, I'd leave and just go get absolutely hammered. But was my point but my point is like because I would make good grades and I was so far ahead and I had a scholarship and all these things an academic scholarship like I was able to do like make all these mistakes you know and so and now I have well I'll have three masters by next by next October so but it is it's like wow okay well that's the one thing where like I know I can go to and get some credit for it I'm and these- be seen and be considered successful and i don't feel like i guess i guess but you're doing enough yeah but it's interesting it's very interesting so like i I go back to that like i'm i mean i've been in school for i mean i come out i get a degree i come out for a couple years and i'm like i'm going back i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back i mean i love that my safe it's my safe space it's your safety well it's there you are always seen yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. I love that, though. I and mean, I, I think it's a beautiful thing for sure. But it's interesting to bring bring it here that you you have to do something to be seen, mm-hmm. and so it's you keep. Academic it. and it's not a bad it's, thing. No, no, no. But it's it's how it always was. You know, the one thing that was always talked about were how good my grades were, and I just breezed through things. You know, I was nice. You know, it's that one area. But then, like. The other theme is like in, in a lot of other areas of life, I would work my ass off to get to a point. And when I got there, I'd freak out. It's, it was the, I, and, and then it's like, I don't know, get out of here. Like, yeah, I made it. I made it right to that point. And then it's like, uh-oh, now what? Now I'm, maybe that's some fear of being exposed maybe that is the imposter syndrome it's this fear of like well i made it here now i have to really I, I show up you have to really show up it's that our life like, it's our life not our darkness that most frightens us yeah 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 yeah. so then i just like nope backing out jumping Bye. out of here <laughs> it's interesting the runaway bride seriously no it's it's very interesting to see that and like it happens quite often. And then to be like, well, the only place where I just know I can show up. Well, here's, listen to what I wrote. Yet I'm always seeking to be seen or acknowledged, or am I? Or have I been hiding because it's easier and it means I can sit in my victimhood and fester in my negative core beliefs instead of taking a stand for myself and leveling up and deciding to make a difference? It's easier to feel it's easier to feel or convince myself that I'm an imposter than it is to claim my space and show up fully who I am. It's scarier to shine than it is to live in the shadow. It truly is my light, not my darkness that most frightens me. I am not an imposter. I am not a victim. I am in my self-imposed jail of negative beliefs and I hold the key to unlock it. Very poetic meaningful but also very poetic i'm like wow mine's like mine are like four word sentences <laughs> you self-destruct you do well in school you think you need to do more oh god it's so oh my god it's so crazy ah uh, so oh, okay, all right so- i'll do we have oh, yeah? like 10 minutes right but I do want to know because I'm curious that last question of like um or the last two questions like what 
how do you overcome this? What are some things you can do to overcome it? What would you write? Um, oh, self-compassion. I don't even know because I just write so much stuff. <laughs> we had to, to write our accomplishments. Our well, challenge your negative beliefs, right? Like that was challenge. No, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong. Oh, way. I challenged them. Yeah. Negative thoughts. And I replaced them with positive ones. But I find it feel like, you know, I feel that that stuff is, is so superficial to me. It's like saying an affirmation to yourself in the mirror I mean come on like that's so self-help 1983 you know I feel like we've moved on yeah I mean anyway good reminder sometimes affirmations are great when you believe them okay funny because mine when I wrote mine down they were all school based they're all academia based but I completely believe in my academic achievements (laughs) yep I worked for those I got those maybe there's also something with academia where like you when you work for something well you get what you expect you get a degree like that's it you know what I'm saying like I work hard for a master's. I can get my master's. Like, here you go. You got it. You know? Now, it's not esoteric. It's very you know, like, this is it. This is it. You know? It's, it's like perfect measure. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I wrote down. But it was like, re- reflect on it. You know? What, how can you, uh, what, were the, what was it? And what were the questions? Because I just wrote the answers. Well, there wasn't really, I guess it wasn't a question. It was kind of like the, more like thought-provoking. Take some time to reflect on imposter syndrome shows up in your life. Are there areas where you feel like you don't belong or are undeserving of your success? Are there situations you feel like... I have a question for you. Yeah. Where do you want to show up and be seen? And where are you willing to take a risk to show up and be seen that's not in the academic space? Can you commit to that? Okay, say that again. Where is the space that you are willing to show up authentically and be seen that is not in the academic space? Mm. And can you commit to that? Well, I mean, I could think of a lot. Okay, let's not have to go too many things. Maybe just focus on one. All right, let's think about, I think work, work's a big one because work, work is one where I have to do it because work. Can I challenge you on that to even step outside the work thing? Okay. Well then I think um, like a intimate relationship or like a partner. Not even that. Whoa. What else? Okay. Um, Why do I have an idea? Well, give me give me some examples then, because I'm obviously a very like there are, there are only like four parts of life. I'm a dad. I work. I go to school. You, have, have you read the, the Big Leap? <laughs> have you read the Big Leap? No, I haven't. Okay, the front the cover of the book's like a like a fishbowl with a fish, but jumping. Okay, so he's he's decided not to stay in that bowl. He's okay. decided to jump into something that he hasn't explored. I studied, I did really well in math and science. Things were like, there's a yes and no, there's a right or a wrong. There's like, I don't do well in the gray areas of things. So I need a lot of examples. (laughs) (laughs) You want some poetry? You have to give me the examples of gray and then I can start thinking about that. Otherwise I'm like, I'm not a fish. What are you talking about? My DNA shows it. <laughs> give me an David. example. No, no, I can think through that, but you got to give me an example. Give me an example of what you mean. I am talking about using your expertise for yourself and not always for others. Oh. See, I don't even think like that. I am aware of this. Hmm. 
I guess, yeah, I guess you can simplify that and say, maybe I should just be able, I should work on proving myself to myself and not others. And that can go a long way in a lot of different areas of life, but. And we can make it something tangible because I know you like to, uh, I know. I do, otherwise I, I feel know I like that I'm on the, stuff. yeah. I like otherwise, yeah, yeah. Let me think so, through that, but I think that's the theme. And then now it's like making that measurable. By maybe doing something like committing to the 21 day challenges or, you know what I mean? Like building that. Yeah. Well, I'm on the way. I'm on, I'm on the way to doing that. We can make that very, me- we can make that very measurable. <laughs> it, well, exactly. So I think, well, we have quite a few people signed up for our challenge already. I think it's great. I mean, I honestly, I've, and I've had a couple of people reach out and just like, say how much they appreciate the content and you kind of hit hit them in a very specific point in their life like multiple people um and i think it's always people like around our age where you get to this point where you're like okay wait a minute like why am i what am who am i living for at this point am i who am i trying to be um, yeah. so you know for people that are going to do it i do think there's something to you know trying to get through the 21 days in 21 days but if you need a little bit more time on a day by all means take take a little bit more time because you want to get the most out of it right like and i think like for some of these it might take a day or two to write something think about it you know write more um and i think there's a lot of value in that so i agree i agree but you have to commit to it got to finish it you well, be like me. I'll get to day 20 and be like, oh no, I'm almost at the end. I've worked my ass off to get here. And then just self-destruct it and never get through. No, I'm going to finish it. I got it. Fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, how do we finish up here? Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think I think we um I think we cover some good stuff. I think the um relationship between core beliefs and imposter syndrome is is a big one. And I think People should definitely work on exploring that and getting a lot out of it. Yeah. And look, we're not diagnosing people with imposter syndrome. We're just using it as a blanket term to kind of... Well, everybody has it, right? Like you think when you start researching it, well, there's like imposter syndrome (sighs) disorder, I believe is what it's called. And like, that's like people really have it, but everybody has some point in their life. I'm not going to say everybody, but most people and a lot of very successful people have some point in their life where they don't feel like maybe they deserve to be where they are or that you know they're going to be exposed or that kind of stuff like that tends to pop up quite a bit it's like it's like narcissism i was doing some research on narcissism lately and found out that well obviously there's narcissistic whatever disorder behavior disorder and then there's like well being human and being mildly narcissist because that's a survival mechanism, you know, like no, in fact, if you don't have mild narcissism, there's probably something wrong with you. Right. There's no drive for self-preservation. So here's my therapist once told me, because I mean, I've been in therapy a lot. You say I can connect things greatly. I can tell you because I've paid hundreds and thousands of dollars. (laughs) My abs are very sore. If it makes me laugh, I'll cramp up. Don't do that. Uh-oh. um anyway and i was saying to my therapist i was like oh my god like i think i'm a narcissist like i went and i was like i really am petrified like what if i'm a narcissist like it's really hard to, to work through narcissistic personality disorder it takes at least 10 years of intensive therapy and even then there's like no guarantee and she was like listen if you are wondering if you're a narcissist you're not a you're narcissist not- you're not a like a real narcissist. You no, it's just like you may have traits, which I'm like, uh-huh. I can I can show you on the DSM. Who the hell doesn't though? That's the thing. Well, when I was in university and I was studying psychology and we were doing personality disorders, the lecturer would like say at the beginning of class, like you are going to identify with everything here as a human. Don't try and diagnose yourself. Oh yeah. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yes. It's like almost as bad as trying to diagnose yourself off. Uh, well, what was the other the MD? Um Web MD. Like, oh my toe hurts. You go on there and you're like, well shit. Diabetic neuropathy. <laughs> I don't have diabetes, but somehow I have diabetic neuropathy and I'm gonna get my foot amputated. 
Oh God, it's the worst. Oh jeez. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. So we will be back with another episode soon. But if anybody wants to join our free 21 day living authentically challenge that starts May 1st, find us on social media or send us a message. Um and I'll give you Mike's cell phone number. he likes late night calls i I swear every uh other company in the world has it somehow all of a sudden and when these spam calls i get every day like how when did that start anyways that's for another another day another day i can complain about spam calls all right all right awesome perfect we'll chat again soon